Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Why do faces of saints look so sullen? They harbor resentment and ill feelings toward others. If you resent a person, you have ill feelings against a person, all of a sudden your face will look that way. Now you'll smile at everybody else and you'll laugh and ha ha and he he with everybody else. But that person that you got a beef with, all of a sudden the next person, hey, how you doing, Sister Joe? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you just, you, you, you get, you know, that's kind of schizophrenic or something like that. You know, you just going all over the place. Stop driving yourself crazy and be real. They harbor resentment and ill feelings toward others. Why do so many saints always look so sullen? Uh, number three, they are unhappy with themselves. They're unhappy with themselves. In other words, because of their perceived or actual failures, they have an attitude of discontentment and it can be reflected in their face. They're not happy with themselves. Missed opportunities, missed God moments, failures on a test, didn't get certified, didn't pass that test. This didn't happen. That A block goal and all of these things. And you're just not happy with yourself. And so because you're not happy with yourself, you make everybody around you as miserable as they can be. And they just run the other direction and then you're mad because people won't speak to you. And and I can understand why. <laughs> uh, num- num- uh, number four, uh, why do people keep eternal sullen faces? They're unhappy with their home environment and their marriage. Instead of confronting and resolving issues in their own family, they take comfort in blaming others for their anger. So it's not really the pastor. It's not really a leadership or a committee. Uh, not, not that co-worker on the job. It's really your home environment. And so you picking fights with people. You're mad on the job. Everybody else. That's called deferred anger. You, 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 you just, you, you, you're not dealing with it at home. That's why you want to stay and work overtime because you don't want to go home. You know, so you'd rather stay at work and make more money because you don't want to go home and deal with the issue. You see, so 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 it's not the person. It's not the per people are here. You came here fussing and fighting and not speaking. And now you are venting on other folk when you need to go home and uh, work some issues out in your own marriage. Are y'all still there? It's getting quiet now. <laughs> some of y'all had a fight on the way up here or something. Okay. <laughs> you know, hey. I mean, won't speak in the car, kids quiet, everybody's quiet, and get up, hey, Sister Jones! And your husband, wife, or child, they know you being a hypocrite, that you didn't speak up, you're going to speak to her, wouldn't even talk to your family, too mad to even pray for your family. And let me tell you something, when you get too mad to pray, you really too mad. You see, 
Why do people keep an eternal, perpetual, sullen face? They seek joy and contentment in all the wrong places by depending on other people and material things to make them happy. Only Christ brings true fulfillment. Only Christ brings true satisfaction. Only Christ brings true contentment. You know, listen, I can't, I can't bring my wife true satisfaction. I'm going to let her down. That has to come from Christ. Now, I can help in the process and uh, nurture her and encourage her and all these kind of things, but ultimately her fulfillment must come from Christ. I can't be all things to her. You can't be all things to your wife, and a wife can't be all things to the husband. You can't be all things to your children. You can have a whole lot of money and, and have no peace. That's why folk with, in Hollywood, they've had seven divorces and about to divorce the one they have. You know, you can have all of that, three or four dogs and cats, televisions in every room, and, and I five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and all the gadgets, and all of a sudden you just as mean like a pit bull. That stuff, after, you know, after the euphoria of getting that stuff way off, then here come your old self back up again. You, you, even with the new gadget. All of a sudden, you're just as miserable as you can be because that new house. Listen, if your marriage is bad in that old house, getting a new house is not going to make your marriage better. Your marriage bad in that old car, you can get you a Mercedes Benz 2014 off the the rack and you still going to be grumbling and mad and that bread can't even drive it in peace. Oh, let me drive it. Can't drive it in peace. Because you mad. Just because it's bigger and better, that's not going to help the internal aspect of you. Only Christ brings fulfillment. Only Christ brings total satisfaction. Love not the world nor the things in the world. Why? Because there's no true contentment and fulfillment in the things of this world system. So, so don't look to those things. Better to be in a shotgun house with some beans and cornbread and have peace and harmony than to be in a 14-bedroom house with seven baths and five garages and you're not talking to one another. Oh, God, help me preach this message. Know that God sees the frown on your face and the frown on your heart. It's amazing how many saints think they can truly worship God with a fallen countenance. When you come into the presence of God to worship with his people, your face should radiate an expression that you have been with Jesus and people are blessed by the smile on your face. You cannot worship God nor minister to others while frowning and disfiguring your face. What kind of message is on your face? What kind of message your face is sending in the choir when you're singing? in the ensemble when you're playing an instrument, in the congregation as you sit in the, in the audience, in rehe- choir rehearsals and meetings, and even in the workplace. Allow the Holy Spirit to straighten up your face so you can truly worship God. You can't truly worship God with a sour, ugly, dismal, disfigured, messed up, I'm trying to think of everything I can, face. And listen, 
What would be the expression on your face this morning if you knew this was your last day on earth? Hmm? What be your, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you I don't think you'd be acting a fool and holding stuff. If you knew without a doubt that midnight tonight you'd be gone, all of a sudden that frown is gone. That ugliness is gone. That attitude is gone. What, what, what would, and do you not, do you not know that life is too short to be in a, a perpetual state of anger? Life is too short, too short. It's, we're so close to death and the closer we get to heaven, the more we should desire to live in harmony and peace and have an attitude that's becoming of Christ. Look at 6a. In, in verse 6a, we see God's probing question in 6a. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? That's the big idea this morning. That's the subject. Why are you angry? And with that question, what are the consequences of prolonged anger? What are the consequences of prolonged anger? When you say angry too long, face perpetually mad. Number one, there will be loss of joy. Genesis 4, 5b says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Anger will take your joy, steal your joy. You can't smile. You can't say amen. You can't even open your Bible. Won't pray because you're mad. You know, what does prolonged anger do? Number two, as in the case of Cain, one will be open to be exploited by Satan. Satan wants you to stay mad. Well, God is saying, get over it as soon as you can. Satan wants you to stay mad. Why? Because the longer you stay in a perpetual state of anger, you create great opportunities to be exploited by Satan. It's in the text. You say, where is it? I'll show you. In Genesis chapter four, verse seven B, it says, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. The door of his life. And its desire is for you. That's right. If you don't get over your anger, sin is, sin is at the door of your life, knocking on the door. And, and its desire is to take you under. And if you don't get over your anger by the help of God, it will destroy you. Make you say things you would never say, do things you'll never do. Because you're angry. Sin is knocking at the door and it wants to destroy you. That's right there. Number three, what does prolonged anger do? One becomes emotion driven and not led by the Holy Spirit, which hinders one from receiving wisdom from God. Uh, Prolonged anger will do this. One becomes emotion driven and not led by the Holy Spirit, which hinders one from receiving wisdom from God. Be mindful that your emotion can blur your judgment. Your emotion, your emotions can blur your judgment. It it, it restricts your capacity to think straight, to be balanced, to be of sound mind, to be able to discern uh, in the Holy Ghost. But when when anger has taken over, no longer will you be led by the spirit, but you're most prone to be led uh, by your emotions, which Satan will exploit. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 says, I say then walk in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the desires 
of the flesh. The Holy Spirit will keep your anger in check. That's right. The Holy Spirit will help you to know that you're mad and you need to make peace with God and the person or whatever needs to be done. Uh, Number four, you know what happens when you stay angry too long? There is a loss of potential blessings. There is a loss of potential blessing. God can't bless a person whose face is continually upset and mad and whose heart is just in bad shape, bad spirit. You, you, there's a loss of potential blessings. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 25 through 27 is the account of Moses, where he's forbidden to cross over into the promised land. The scripture says, I pray, this is Moses speaking, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account (laughs) and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that, Moses, speak no more to me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and and lift up your eyes. We went to that mountain. We were in Israel a few months ago. We were on that very mount that Moses looked out and looked over. We were on that mount just a few months ago. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes toward the west the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. Man, Moses did not cross over. The promise that God used a burning bush to get his attention, told him to take off his shoes for he was on holy ground. He told Moses to go down and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Same Moses that was used by God to point that staff toward the Red Sea. And and we were at that sea and the waters split open and the children of Israel walked over on dry ground. We were on that on that sea just a few months ago. And God used Moses over and over again. He he communed with God face to face. He 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 received the law of God on Sinai. But here he does not cross over. He was permitted to look over, but he did not what? Cross over. And man, now he made the heavenly promised land, but he did not make what? The earthly promised land. And I said, and I started talking to myself, and I've been sharing this with other members a time. If Moses didn't make it, what about me? If Moses messed up on God that bad, do you think God can withhold your potential blessings as well? Yes, he can. He didn't let Moses get away. You know what? He's not going to let me get away. And don't you say, yeah, you're right. He ain't going to let you get away. But oh, no, don't stop with me. He's not going to let you get away either. (laughs) You know right from wrong. You got the word of God and you've been preached to. Moses did not cross over. He was forbidden to cross over because he did not do what God instructed him to do. Rebellion will keep you from potential blessings. What will prolonged anger do? You will have an inability to worship God. There will be an inability to worship God. Psalms 24, 3 through 4 says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a what? A pure heart. A pure heart. Listen, your heart is not pure. It's evil if you got anger brooding in you. You say, I'm just the way I am. No, you evil. 
You, you're just as evil as you can be if you've got festering anger in you. That's why you need to confront it and deal with it. you evil. You can't worship. Your heart is defiled, and you cannot worship God in spirit and in truth. You can't shout. You can't, you can't rejoice in the God of your salvation. You can't even say amen because you're too mad. And therefore, you have an inability to worship God. Number six, you know what anger does, prolonged anger? It steals your freedom in Christ. Galatians 5, 1 says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Anger will put you in bondage. It will imprison you. You'll lose your freedom. You, you, You can't laugh. What's so funny? And what you need is a good old fashioned tickle. You need to laugh. No, there's no joy. No joy, everything. You're so serious until God can't even make you laugh. Prolonged anger, what will it do? Prolonged anger can cause sickness. You can make yourself sick and prolonged anger will even bring about death. Genesis 4, 8a says, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. He killed his own brother. Anger will cause you to kill your brother, sister in Christ, or your family member or whomever. Now, let me transition and give you a few of these and then we'll be done. Let me give you God's prescription for healing your anger. I'm not going to finish this today. It's part two next Sunday, so come and get it, okay? God's prescription for healing your anger. Number one, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, You need to call on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You cannot heal your own anger. You need someone greater than you to heal your anger, and his name is Jesus. For the Lord is the only one who is able to heal you of your anger. He is the only one who is able to heal you of your rage. The Lord is the only one to heal you of your fury. The Lord is the only one to heal you of your wrath. Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from your sins, saved from yourself, saved from your anger, saved from your addiction. God saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. God is in the saving business. He saves. He alone saves by grace through faith. John 15, 5b says, apart from Christ, you can do nothing. I cannot heal your anger. Your mother can't. Listen, they can give you all kind of therapy. They can give you all kind of medicine. And some of this medicine you're taking is not going to do a thing for you because it's not a medicinal problem. It's a sin problem. And you need to go to Dr. Jesus. And they're trying to medicate your sin away when you need to cry out for mercy so that you can be healed of that anger. Anger will make you sick. It'll take you straight to the hospital, and they're trying to give you this medication with all these side effects when you, are, when you just need a good dose of Dr. Jesus. Unless you repent and surrender your anger to Jesus, it will destroy you. Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. Anger will cause you to perish if you don't repent of the sin of anger. Number two, admit that you are angry. Stop playing games with yourself. Admit that you are angry. Do not suppress or deny how you feel. Remember that anger, which is denied or suppressed, can never be healed. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Yes, it is. Get out of your denial. 
James 5, 16, a says, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another, and you may be healed. So, so admit that you're angry. Number three, after denying the root cause of your anger, resolve it as quickly as possible, lest it destroy you and greatly affect those around you. So identify the root, root cause of what's making you angry. Resolve it as quickly as you can, lest it destroy you and those around you. Number four, if necessary, seek biblical counseling. You listen, if your car is broke, you take it hopefully to a, 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 a repair shop, a car maintenance shop. Unless you are Mr. Self fix it or misfix it, and did it really need help at that point. So so you know, if you've got an electrical problem, you call electrician. You've got a plumbing problem, stop tinkering around. If you're not a pl- plumber, you're gonna flood the whole house out because I can do it. I can go down to Home Depot and I can fix this. You come home the next day, you're swimming in water. You, you, you go get some help. If you go get help for your car, uh, that plumbing that needs to be repaired, uh, you go get help uh, because you have electrical disorder in the home, then you, you need to get help and biblical counseling for your anger. Number five, wait on the Lord and be patient. Wait on the Lord and be patient. Learn to trust God. You know you're angry when you when there's an inability to wait on the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, a says he makes all things beautiful in his time. If you just wait on the Lord, the the Lord will make whatever's the issue beautiful. And listen, you are more prone to get angry when you fail to realize that, that God is on the throne and there's nothing that can true in your life that God can't take care of in due time. And then we need to consider this. Not only should we wait on the Lord and be patient, instead of focusing on what makes you angry, meditate on that which is good and lovely. Sometimes we just keep our mind fixed on that what makes us angry. Every time you see this certain person, your eyes go here, your eyes go there. Every time you see him, you get knots in your stomach. And all of a sudden you lose your sleep. And oh, I'm panting. I'm having an asthma attack. I'm having an asthma attack. My, my blood pressure is boiling over. You angry. You angry. Stop killing yourself. Instead of focusing on what makes you angry, meditate on that which is good and lovely. Meditate on that which is good and lovely. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you begin to meditate on Philippians 4, 8, I guarantee you, if you take it to heart, your blood pressure will go down and the, that lump will get out of your throat and out of your tummy. That's right. You can be able to rise up and walk again and God will bring your joy back if you begin to meditate on Philippians 4, 8. And last but not the least, way to get rid of your anger is to cry out to Jesus for inner healing. It's to cry out to Jesus for inner healing. Listen, y'all, God put this message on my heart. We are going through the book of Genesis and I'm parked right here because God is speaking through the lessons of Cain and Abel, which strikes right at the core of where many of us are. Cry out 
to Jesus for healing. Jeremiah 17, 14, 8 says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved. God will save your soul. And while he's saving your soul, God also save you from your anger. He'll save you from your racism. God will save you from your greed. God will save you from pornography. God will save you from pride. God, God will save you from jealousy. God will save you from racism and all of these things. Listen, you cry, God, that's me. I'm a mess. Heal me of anger. Heal me of pride. Heal me of gossip. Heal me of bitterness. Heal me of an unforgiving spirit. Heal me of meanness. Heal me, oh God, of talking too much. Heal me of my impatience. Heal me of loving stuff more than loving you. Cry out to God for divine intervention and say, God, apart from you, I can do nothing. I ask you now to intervene and save me from myself. And God will save you. You cry out and God will heal. He will heal. And all God's children say it. We walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, now good and faithful servant. And eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.